Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. While the Illinois primary this past week went pretty much as expected, there were some surprises. We brought in Belleville News Democrat reporter Joe Bustos to take a closer look. I began our recorded discussion by noting that after spending tens of millions of dollars on the primary campaign, millionaires Republican Governor Bruce Rauner and his Democratic rival J.B. Pritzker are poised to spend many, many millions more in the next round. J.B. Pritzker has put up nearly $70 million of his own money into the campaign. Uh, Bruce Rauner, Governor Rauner, has put in $50 million. I, they've spent $65.7 million on primary advertising alone. Everyone's expecting it to break records uh, uh, for a, a gubernatorial race uh, nationally. So be ready for it. lots and lots and lots of television ads. I remember in 2014, it seemed like Bruce Rauner was on every channel every half hour. I would not be surprised if we see both J.B. Pritzker and Bruce Rauner doing the same thing. At least they're spending their own money for the most part. Yeah, that's a that's a, a very interesting part of this race. Uh, a lot of Democratic Party insiders were backing J.B. Pritzker early on. And you wonder if it was because, hey, he's a wealthy guy, he's a Democrat, and he could go toe-to-toe with, uh, with an unpopular governor. So it'll be interesting to see. If JB starts fundraising himself, uh, he hasn't said one way or the other if he's going to do that. I know Bruce Rauner and the Republicans are, are fundraising for the gubernatorial campaign. So we'll see if J.B. Pritzker does the same thing. What kind of a campaign would you anticipate, aside from the fact they'll be doing a lot of TV advertising? I wonder how much they're going to be spending downstate. Uh, from the Belleville News Democrat, we, we care how much time they give to Southern Illinois voter, voters. J.B. Pritzker has opened up a field office in Belleville. And so you wonder if they're going to be giving a lot of attention downstate. Cook County is a very strong Democratic stronghold uh, for, for for the Democratic Party. So a lot of the Republican support is going to have to be downstate. So we'll see if, uh, if they come down here, how often they come down here. Do you think that Governor Rauner got a little bit of a scare in this uh, primary race? It was closer than some people might have thought. Yeah, I mean, Jeannie Ives, she, when she got into it, you wonder if she had enough time to actually make up any kind of ground when you're running against an incumbent governor. Um, uh, talking to some Republican sources, they didn't think she had enough time to, to uh, beat Rauner, but she got within three points, which is very impressive. There was polling a few days before the election that came out of her just behind by seven points. And if we said that was the spread, like we were betting in mm-hmm. Vegas, she'd definitely beat the spread. Uh, Jeannie Ives uh, and Governor Rauner still aren't exactly talking <laughs> right now. Um, so he's going to have to uh, make up a lot of that ground, try to get some of the more conservative voters uh, to support him. Uh, his signing of the HB 40 bill, which uh, allowed for taxpayer-funded abortions, um, the immigration status bill, uh, those which conservatives called a statuary state bill, um, that really turned off a lot of voters. And he's got a lot of work that he's going to have to do to actually uh, win back their support. And uh, if, if Rauner wins, uh, it looks like uh, the, the rivalry with Mike Madigan is, is a, a likelihood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Mike Ma- uh, Bruce Rauner has been talking a lot about Mike Madigan on, on the campaign trail. There is a clip on Twitter that uh, an NBC5 reporter up in Chicago put together where Rauner at one press conference said the, the name Mike Madigan or Madigan like 31 times. Um, so he, he's, he's definitely um, 
has gone all in on trying to flip the house um, by saying we have to take Mike Madigan out of power, um, whether that actually happens because the way the state lines are drawn, uh, if he does win, if Rauner does somehow, uh, if Rauner does win, Madigan most likely will be in power and we'll have to see uh, whether they can work together. Let's talk a little bit about the congressional races uh, somewhat closer to home. Uh, what are you at the 12th, the 13th, and the 15th congressional districts here? It looks like uh, the incumbents, with the exception of Mike Bost, are in pretty good shape. The, the 15th congressional district is a very Republican district. Um, there wasn't much attention given to that by the DCCC. There was a couple candidates running for the Democratic nomination there, and the candidate that won, Kevin Gaither, he was one of the. He's a more pragmatic Democrat than a, a more the more liberal Carl Sporer, who was also in the race. Um, there were five Democrats running in the 13th congressional district, mm-hmm. um, and the nomination went to Betsy Dirksen Lonergan, who used to be a fundraiser for Senator Dick Durbin, and Senator Durbin came out early and endorsed her in the race. And but the 12th is probably going to be the most exciting for us uh, at, at the Belleville News Democrat. It's the one closest to home, and that's going to feature Mike Bost, uh, the incumbent congressman, and uh, the St. Clair County um, State's Attorney Brendan Kelly, the Democrat in the race. Well, aside from there being Republican and Democrat, how different are they? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Mike Bost has been very much on the party line. Um, he's been trying to say, I've been working for Steele. He actually leads the Congressional Steele Caucus or is a co-leader of that caucus. Mm-hmm. And he's been uh, pushing that line recently. But Brendan Kelly, a very loyal Democrat, he's got a lot of the union support. He got the endorsement of the United Steelworkers Union um, early on, even before the primary. And I, I, you looking at this as a how much enthusiasm there is in, in the race, in the Republican primary, there were about 37,000 votes between Mike Bost and his rep- and his primary challenger, Preston Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Bost handily won. Brendan Kelly got 39,000 votes by himself in the mm-hmm. district. Um, so there's a lot more there. If you just go by how many votes were cast during the primary, there is a lot of enthusiasm on that Democratic side. Uh, on the other hand, um, Mike Boss does have the uh, advantage of incumbency, and in congressional races, that's often a, a, a big deal. Yeah, he does have that Franklin privilege where he could send out yeah. mailers as much as he needs to, uh, as long as they don't say vote for Bost. But Brendan Kelly, the, the state's attorney, is someone who is not shy to be on camera. Um, you will see him often and uh, talking about charges and cases. Now, you won't ever see him... Uh, while he's doing his state's attorney's role, mm-hmm. um, talking about his campaign. But being in front of a camera, b- having a lot of media attention just by the cases that you're discussing or the charges that you're bringing forward, that will get his name out there. And the only publicity is no publicity, so he will get his name out there. What what sort of ambition, political ambition, do you think that uh, Kelly has? <laughs> That's a, that is a good question. Um, he was always speaking in front of the General Assembly, in front of like uh, House committees. He's had a lot of, he's had several media um, appearances up in the Chicago area, uh, if I remember correctly. And so you wonder what he was, if he was planning anything all along uh, or what he was planning. But he's definitely someone who has worked his way up in, in the Democratic Party locally. 
But were, were you you guys surprised, uh, I, I, journalists and others, that he uh, that he's running for Congress? Um, I think it was just a matter of when mm-hmm. uh, for him. Uh, his kids are a little bit older now. Um, he says the, the the timing of what's going on in D.C. that he felt like he needed to get into us. But his I mean, he had been uh, uh, recruited before, but with his kids being as young as they were, uh, he decided not to. Um, up until this particular election, uh, I mean, he makes about one hundred sixty, hundred sixty-four thousand dollars a year as the St. Clair County State's Attorney. It's one hundred seventy-four thousand dollars to be a congressman. Is it ten? Is the extra ten thousand dollars more worth the flying between here in D.C. on weekends and seeing your family a little less? So, um, it, I think it was just a matter of time before he jumped in. Mm-hmm. And Dick Durbin is not going to be around forever. One kind of gets the idea that maybe this is what uh, he has in mind. Yeah, I, I don't know if if Brendan sees a statewide run in his future yet. Um, I would not have been surprised if he ran for uh, the state attorney general. Uh, but he decided to jump into Congress before Lisa Manigan um, decided to uh, retire. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if there's a statewide race in Brendan's future. There, that might be someone else. Uh, there might be another Democrat that people are looking at. Speaking of futures, or in this case, the lack thereof, uh, it was interesting to note that Pat Quinn, the former governor, uh, failed in his attempt to win the nomination for attorney general. Yeah, I was wondering if Pat Quinn was going to punch another uh, another hole in that punch card for statewide offices. Mm-hmm. Um, that in the attorney general's race, uh, the Democratic nomination went to a state senator out of Chicago, Kwame Raoul. Now, what was interesting about that, uh, Pat Quinn won a lot of that down, was a leader, won a lot of those races, it, those counties in the downstate area. Mm-hmm. Kwame Raoul won a lot of the Chicago, Cook County, some of those color county where there's a lot more voters, but it's also where Kwame Raoul is uh, more well-known. Let's talk about the the, the, uh, the numbers, if you will. It's always been my impression that the downstate vote, which some people kind of discount, is really the most important vote. Chicago, yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of numbers up there. But if you take the population of a whole, south of Springfield, there are a lot of people down there. I think that's a really good point because if you look at the Democratic race, um, J.B. Pritzker, Daniel Biss, Chris Kennedy, they were looking they were expecting to probably split um, that that Cook County, that Chicago, mm-hmm. that Chicago area vote. J.B. Pritzker ran up the score in Southern Illinois, yeah. in Downstate Illinois. He spent a lot of time here. He uh, contributed two hundred thousand dollars to the St. Clair County Democratic Central Committee, and he did very well down here. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, J.B. Pritzker, even won Madison County, who had its own. Uh, regional Office of Education Superintendent Bob Diber in the gubernatorial race, and J.B. Pritzker still won the Madison County vote. So it's, it's, it's interesting to point out that uh, politicians running statewide are not wasting their time by campaigning downstate. Uh, I think you have to give attention downstate now, whether it's come down once a week, come down twice a week, come down every other week, whatever it is, you have to spend some time in Southern Illinois, give some attention. I mean, Rod Blagojevich ended up being governor of Illinois when he won that the Democratic nomination, mainly because he won 93 out of 96 downstate counties. Mm-hmm. And the favorite in that race, or the perceived favorite, Paul Vallis, didn't spend too much time in, um, in downstate Illinois. Yeah. 
Anything else catch your eye locally or regionally uh, in the in the primary? Uh, let's. I think one of the biggest bigger surprises was the uh, state senate race in the state senate fifty seventh district. The uh, for the Republican nomination, that seat is currently held by a Democrat, James Claiborne, but he's not running again. So in the Republican race, there were two people seeking the nomination: local radio uh, shock jock Bob Romanic and uh, an Air Force reservist Tanya Hildebrand. Hmm. Bob uh, was able to put $50,000 into his own campaign account. Uh, he had a couple of big signs spread out in the area. Tanya Hildebrand relied mostly on Facebook um, and went to a lot of events. She did end up getting some help from the Illinois Republican Party, which did not want to see Bob Romanek get the nomination. Um, the Illinois Republican Party spent about $19,800 on campaign flyers on behalf of Tanya Hildebrand. And Tanya got, it looked like, almost twice as many votes as, uh, as Bob Romanek. And that, w- that was quite a surprise. And I think the, uh, one of the other— Oh, excuse me one second. Where, where is that district? And for those of us not familiar yeah, with the so, so the 57th State Senate District is in St. Clair and Madison okay. County. Yeah, and the current state senator, uh, Senator Claiborne, is from Belleville. Mm-hmm. Do you see anything in the numbers in Illinois reflecting— the national political situation, everyone, particularly with regard to the federal offices, everyone is looking to see if this is going to be a blue wave year. Do you see anything telling us anything? I, I think you probably will see Bruce Rauner is not very popular. Uh, he's a, He has a low approval rating. So there is a good chance that this seat may, that, that the governorship could possibly flip. There was a, a lot more voters in the Democratic primary uh, in the governor, in the governor's race, there was more voters in the 12th congressional race, so I, it's definitely a, a possibility that we'll see some um, some of these key some, some flipping. Seats, some flipping, and the the Democratic congressional committee has already targeted the 13th and the 12th congressional districts as uh, possible targets to flip. Belleville News Democrat reporter Joe Bustos. One race we didn't talk about was the 3rd District Congressional race. Incumbent Democrat Daniel Lipinski won his primary and will face neo-Nazi Republican Arthur Jones. The Republican Party, distancing itself from Jones, says, however, it will likely put up an independent candidate to face Lipinski. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.